Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, Excited today to hear, as we do, kind of with some regularity in our rhythm, uh, from an emerging gen leader in our community, from our St. Catharines location, uh, grade 12 student named Sebastian Macchio. Sebastian, welcome to our podcast. Hi. Uh, Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for sitting down with us, sharing a bit of your story. Hope you're excited. Oh, yeah. Very excited. This is awesome. Um, Sebastian, before we really get into things, just help us kind of orient ourselves to you, kind of who you are, where you're from, what you're up to these days, this kind of stuff. So, yes, as as you said, I'm Sebastian, and uh, I've been going to Southridge for about all my life, (laughs) practically. Um, And, yeah, I live in St. Catharines, and uh, we go to St. Catharines location. And, yeah, I... Um, right now I'm just like focusing on school, you know, getting that done. Got like about a month left of school for me and then summer, which I'm excited about. And yeah. Are you working this summer? Yeah, I'll be working, um, at a, uh, theater project up in Niagara Lake mentoring kids and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to talk about this because, uh, you're in, uh, grade 12 and yes. moving on from, from high school in about a month mm. and uh, have landed kind of a dream come true experience uh, for your post-secondary. Talk about that. Yeah. So uh, I'll be going to Sheridan College for um, uh, Honors Bachelor of Musical Theater Performance. And uh, I've been working towards that goal again to Sheridan uh, for about four or five years now. So it's it's been a huge preparation and uh, even bigger payoff. And I'm, I'm just super excited for the new chapter, you know, and finally get to leave the house, you know, finally. <laughs> I know Sebastian's parents very well. I'm not sure that the worst parents to want to leave, but it is great to be able to be on your own. Is it? Hey, uh, talk a little bit just about your, your background in theater and in the arts, because mm-hmm. this is a huge piece of what defines you just as a person and your passion. Mm-hmm. Like where did, where did that all come from? Well, it all started. My mom, I came home from school I, one day in grade three. My mom just told me, hey, I uh, signed you up for a musical. And I'm like, what? I barely even knew what those were back at that point. My mom my mom knew that I liked music and could sing fine. So she signed me up. I had to do an audition. I got in and I did it. And then I just kind of like fell in love with it from then from that point on. So I, I blame my mom. Um, and <laughs> um, yeah, so ever since then, I've done... I think about 13 uh, shows and, and now obviously I'm going to pursue this as a career and I'm, I'm just super excited. So, yeah. Yeah. And a little bit more uh, development, it sounds like was required mm. than just audition in grade three. And now I've been in a bunch of shows like this was lessons and really yeah. diversifying across all of the arts, right? musical instruments, mm-hmm. dance, like talk, talk about that. Cause as I've kind of tracked from a distance, I'm like, wow, this is, this is pretty comprehensive. Yeah. I mean, over, over the pandemic, especially I had time to, because there weren't many performances going on. I was able to just focus on my, this, the, just the singular skill of 
in musical theater, you got the triple threads. So you got the singing, acting, and dancing. And so I took, I've been, I was taking singing, acting, or singing lessons, sorry, for about five years, I think, five or six years now. And then I started taking acting and dancing lessons um, in maybe January 2021. And those, that's what really like helped me get to my next bit because I was always like a singer first, still am. And then, you know, you have to focus on the acting and dancing portion, which is like, you know, a pro of, uh, of the pandemic for me was that I was able to take those lessons on zoom and still get, get good and, you know, get better at what I do and whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're going to dive into all of that. Uh, you mentioned you basically have grown up, uh, around Southridge all your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talk about, you know, even long before the pandemic, like growing up, you're, you know, what are some of your memories as far as kids ministry or junior high or small groups or, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. Um, like obviously like movers and shakers back, back way when gum, um, that helped build, you know, a relationship with God that I, that I had. And then, uh, I went to riot and that was great. It was a, it was a huge step up for me. Cause like, it was just the ability to hang out with the people that are, that are teaching you about God and stuff, which was more apparent in riot for me. And then current was just great. Cause I was with all my friends, you know, and we would just learn about God together. Um, and so I feel like as, as I grew older and as I went through each stage of, you know, the kid ministry, the family ministry, um, stuff here at church, um, I grew more with God. Uh, so I think, I think I learned, I've learned a lot through, especially throughout the pandemic, but you know, we'll get into that. Yeah. But um, I think that it's been a huge, huge, huge journey for me. Cause you know, I just, you, you learn so much and you think, you think, you know, everything once you're, once you graduate from MS, you're like, ah, all these younger kids, I know more than them. Nope. And then, and then you, then you know more and you learn more in Ryan, and then you learn more in current. And now I'm, you know, going to the, the, um, the normal service or as I would have called it back when I was in Ryan and all that stuff, the adult service. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's, it's cool just to feel like I'm, like, you know, growing and shaping up to be a part of this community more. Um, yeah. That's great. Hey, we want to spend a bit of time talking about your story, especially through mm. the pandemic, because it's certainly a, a story of some challenge and struggle, but one that's experienced God. And, and uh, I, I, it sounds like learned how to really recover out of that. And so I'm excited to, to dive into it. I guess mm. the first chapter for me would be just describing your world like pre-pandemic. So before there's any COVID on the on the radar, like how would you describe your life and you know, especially your spiritual life, kind of life around Southridge? How were things going back then? Well, I mean, I, w- I want to say like normal, like you know, I mean, obviously everybody had like a s- somewhat normal life before before the pandemic, and um, but you know, for me, it was just you know you go to church every sunday that was a thing and i i've i've would volunteer for i was mns i still do mns um and so you know you do that and help teach you know and and learn with with the kids as well as learn just myself um during the quote unquote adult service um and 
yeah, so it was, you know, smooth, smooth sailing. I was able to do what I love all the time, you know, take hop at every opportunity to, uh, you know, do some performances and hang out with friends, you know, uh, especially with the current group, my current small group that I became especially close with. And yeah, so I was able to do all the normal stuff and, you know, wah, 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 pandemic, 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 yeah, all that, yeah. all that jazz. <laughs> Well, and, and I mean, let's just at least acknowledge that, that, you know, mm-hmm. pre-pandemic, it felt like everything spiritually was, was relatively healthy. You're learning things. Yeah. And like every, every time you graduated from a program, you're learning what you, you're learning mm. how much more you needed to learn, which yeah. is, I mean, that's really the essence of a healthy learning journey. Mm-hmm. You had community, uh, you were involved, not just with MS, which is our kids program, but, you know, in certain dramatic elements or readings or things, you know, when, whenever there was a kind of a stage component. And so very active in kind of the, the, the life of the community and feeling like you're learning and growing in, in, in your faith. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits. And I'm curious just to get the, 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 the initial sort of your initial experience, because I remember, you know, the very, very beginning of the pandemic, none of us were really sure sort of what hit us when, when March break 2020, if we can think back that far, mm-hmm. when March break 2020 was just extended for those two extra weeks, like, how were you feeling back then? Well, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't be mad at an extra two weeks off of school, right? Like I, I, I when back when that the pandemic started, you, I mean, I wasn't sure what to make of uh COVID and all that like you said and so I'm like oh great two weeks and it'll be over you know like so I get three weeks of my March break and then two weeks after that great beautiful <laughs> you know brought up brought a big computer so I could uh, write my music whatnot and have fun with that and I thought oh I'm gonna hang out with friends and stuff and so the the Friday the last day of school before the March break I I had some friends over we hung out and then we were talking about hanging out again and then what what made it real was when my parent when when I had to ask my parents, hey, can I hang out on this day with my friends? And sh- and they went, no, you can't, it, it, because of COVID. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like real stuff, right? Like, I was, it was like that was like the big eye opener. Like I'm like, wow, I can't hang out with my friends. This is gonna be less fun than I thought. Well, it's interesting because to be fair, um, knowing your family, you guys did have a March break Disney vacation. Kind yeah, of we had it that, that that canceled. So yeah, there was already maybe a bit of disappointment, but it sounds like even in that disappointment, like you said, I'm going to get to write and record my music. I'll get to hang out with friends. I don't have to go back to school for two extra weeks. This is great. Until mm-hmm. you realized, oh, I actually am not really going to get to do much <laughs> of anything. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, the we canceled the the our Disney trip the day before we left, kind of thing, and. And so that was that was big, but I wasn't sure that was uh, that was more of a we still could have done it kind of thing, but we uh, we weren't sure if we wanted to, you know, not you know just kind of like we weren't sure if we wanted to deal with the risk of having to leave our resort halfway through and find another hotel that could be expensive and another you know so for me that it wasn't less it was less of an eye opener, but when I couldn't hang out with my friends, that was like a whoa because usually my parents you know yeah sure absolutely hang out with your friends and then. That was like a big thing because it was like a normal thing. You don't normally yeah. go – I don't normally go on vacations like all the time, you know, every, 
24 7 so it's like this is a cool thing but it's okay if we cancel it one time but like it's like the, the friend thing is like right. you know how that important friends regular are regular everyday routine was affected is where it hit you yeah yeah exactly so you would say that you were you were liking those early weeks of of pandemic until you actually started to feel the impact yeah. of lockdown yeah once 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 i was like once I learned about having to do online school, because I, you know, you still had the two extra weeks, and you could basically, you know, I was fine, you know, playing video games, as I said, writing my songs, you know, playing basketball, whatnot, and so it was, it was like a good time for that, for that bit, and you know, we would, I would socially distance, hang out with my friends, you know, put chairs on the front line, you know, six feet apart, whatnot, yeah, and stuff. So I was still able to, you know, see him, but it was a little less active or whatever and so it until once i notice i'm like i have to do this stupid online school stuff for for the for the next however long you know it's endless 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 and it was absolutely brutal and then you know in obviously you 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 kids of your own that that dealt with online school just as just as much as i did so it's just you can you know how brutal it is so I have a bit of a sense for sure. And that's really what I want to dig into because, you know, after the initial whatever, the initial, wow, we get two extra weeks or the initial, mm. I, I get to play video games for a little while longer. We started to settle into what I would describe as the grind of the pandemic. Mm. And, you know, two years later, I, I don't think any of us knew really what was about to, to hit us. And, you know, the, this thing lasted instead of two weeks, uh, you know, coming on more than two years. And there are so many seasons that we could talk about. So I'm just mm -hmm. knowing that the pandemic was not friendly to you, Sebastian. What, what would you say were the toughest stretches of time for you? Well, I think like this kind of ties into the before the pandemic, because like, you know, with my, with my whole spiritual life, it was all smooth sailing and, you know, everything was good with my relationship with God and all that stuff with the church and whatnot. Um, and then when, when it just got, when it, when it got worse, because I started like thinking, why would the, why would this happen? And then th my mind went straight to, this is God's fault. You know, this is this, the, I, why, why would he do this to me? Like, oh, he's out to get me. He, you know, and I, I blaming blaming the pandemic on him, and then furthermore blaming my mental health issues on on God. And honest, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you tell you that that's necessarily fixed. I'm able to think about it in a different way, but part part of me still does kind of you know have that thought of why. Yeah. So for the pandemic, this is what I wanted to dig into in this story, Sebastian. Is that the pandemic for you? wasn't just a difficult season it was really probably your first or most significant encounter of a difficult season that immediately started to shake the bedrock foundation of how you understood god mm -hmm. and how you experienced god in your life and it sounds like what was making things even more difficult then the grind of online school and the grind of being isolated from your friends and the grind of mm -hmm. uh, you know an extrovert having to be locked down in his room and you know, the, the, just the difficulty of living on zoom was this, this deeper layer of like 
spiritually, this was messing with you at your core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, it was brutal. It was definitely brutal. Are there any, you know, I'm, I'm trying to even think back. We just came out of like a sixth wave here in Ontario for people <laughs> listening. So are, were there any seasons that you can recall that were like particularly brutal? Um, I'd say funnily enough, like kind of like the summer in a sense, because, you know, I was working a ton. Um, and like I worked at a restaurant, I was dishwasher and stuff. So I was working a ton, probably maybe four or five days a week about. And so that, that got really stressful. And then I, I, you know, I started getting panic attacks and I could like, there were times when I like, it was time to go to work and don't get me wrong. I loved my job. I really enjoyed going there. So it was really scary to me when I had these panic attacks and I was lying down on the concrete next to my pool and I could not move. Like it, it was so weird. Cause I could, it was no explanation as to why even now, like I've, I've been, you know, going to counseling and stuff about, uh, I went to counseling for that very reason. And I still cannot figure out as to why it happened because I enjoyed my job and it just got super stressful. It's like, it's almost as if everything piled onto, onto one thing and then caused me to like, you know, Oh, I gotta, I gotta quit. And I eventually quit. Cause, and then I started like getting, you know, getting help, but it was definitely the summer because I, it was, and which is funny because you think, Oh, the summer is when you loosen up and you can, you know, that's when I started hanging with the friends a little bit more because, you know, it, it's been, it was what, three months of of lockdown i i my timeline yeah, is definitely a little more off, outdoor socialization then yeah yeah exactly a little more outdoor socialization and yeah. so but so you think that it's all you know living it up on top um as on top as you could be during the pandemic but really it was just it was really difficult it was a really difficult time so yeah. in that season then sebastian i guess sort of first things first who did you reach out to for support? You know, you're you're lying by your pool deck, can't even go to work, even though you like work. You're, you know, separated from friends, even though this season mm-hmm. feels like it's going to be closer to friends. I mean, it, it feels like the, the, the rug's being pulled out from under you. What were sort of the first steps towards moving in a positive direction? Well, it, it's like, it's almost like I didn't have a choice to reach out. I like I reached out to my parents in the sense because you know they were they were around 100% of the time practically and all that stuff but I I'm it's not it's not that I wouldn't necessarily share with my parents but it was like it was impossible to necessarily hide it from somebody just so I could specifically choose who to talk to about this like it was it was like you know what you're going to find out just by looking at me kind of thing like you 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 kind of will know so i might as well talk to you so it was like you know my parents my parents were there when i was having these panic attacks so i reached out to them and they're the ones that helped get me to go to counseling and whatnot i also talked to my friends and stuff and uh yeah so i'd say my parents for sure and my my friends as well but it was it was hard to choose who to because I had really no choice. And when you when you started kind of facing this with your with your parents, what kind of support were they able to provide? Or like you said, you, you got connected then with a therapist. What 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 kind of support were the people around you able to provide? I guess just like them being okay with it. It's like 
not necessarily trying to be like you need fixing kind of thing because that's that's in my opinion that's like one of the worst things you could you could say to somebody that's dealing with mental health issues regardless of what what the issue is it's like you need fixing it's it's just like being okay with that it's happening and if it and of of course i didn't i didn't want the panic attacks i don't want the panic attacks like obviously you want to get rid of those but it's the idea of you know what this okay you are having panic attacks like we're going to find a way to make it better and not just fix it if that makes any sense yeah at all that makes good sense and i i you know for all of our church members and even for leaders listening to appreciate those comments even from an 18 year old that that as people share with you challenges around mental health anxiety Mm -hmm. things like that um getting into fix it mode right away is not necessarily the most productive thing that you can do. That's a great takeaway, Sebastian. Mm. I appreciate you sharing that. What What would you say did help you during the pandemic and as you have been coming out of the pandemic? What have you sort of, what's been helpful to learn? What's been helpful to do? Uh, what kind of contributions have people made that have been helpful to you? Well, I'd say one one huge thing that like, that that helped me like just, get better in a sense um was just like kind of sidelining like and it it sounds weird to to say especially like because this is like a i'm talking to a pastor right now but it's like kind of sidelining my relationship with god in a sense like not like you know there's the belief is there the faith is there but kind of sidelining it and saying you know what this has nothing to do with you kind of like and it helped me just like it helped me get to myself and get through to my head that, you know, I'm okay and I can be okay. And here's how it was because, you know, um, throughout my, my journey as, as a Christian and with, with the church, I may not have learned it specifically the way I have, but what I, what I've internalized is that, you know, you know, you hear the classic pray it and it'll go away, read the Bible. You know, there's a sign somewhere, blah, blah, blah. But it was more of the just like good, good. Why do bad things happen to good people? And the answer in, in what I internalized with, within like the realm of God and Jesus and Christianity was there's gotta be something good that's coming out of the bad. Hmm. But I realized when sidelining in the sense, my relationship with God was there's just, it was just bad. It was just bad. There's no good to come out of it, really. Like there's and, there's lessons learned, but there's no good. And before sidelining that for a period of time, did the not sidelining it, like did that just compound the pressure and stress on you? Was that part of the benefit of giving yourself permission to sideline it for a time? I think, I think it was the whole idea of like – because, you know, you don't want to – I was scared of like admitting it to the church, regardless of how open it seems that our church is getting. But like, you know, in the past, Christianity has not necessarily been the most welcoming spot when it comes to mental health. And so I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that this church specifically, but I'm like, as a, as a whole, you know, religion, it seemed to me, it was scary to me to admit it to a church 
that I don't know what their answer would be. Would their answer be, okay, I accept you, but like, you know, that all the good stuff that I wanted to hear, or was it going to be, you need to repent. You need, you need like, you're, you're clearly sinning. You did something wrong, you know, like, you know, I, I didn't have that figured out. So I, I stopped, I stopped, you know, going to church for a bit and that is part of the sidelining and like, it, I think, I think it did relieve some stress about my, the, the, the burden that I put on my shoulders of who to talk to and like, and losing the part of me that, that I had before the pandemic in, in regards to my Christianity and with, with the church. In addition to that sidelining of just kind of relieving yourself mm-hmm. of that pressure and the potential to receive, you know, unproductive reinforced messages, um, were there any other commitments or like things that you did to help stimulate a, a faith recovery? I know there's a couple times I saw you going for hikes on the trail in the middle of my midday run with uh, <laughs> you and Keith Kyer, one of our youth pastors. Yeah. Were there were there things like that, getting outdoors or having conversations that that really proved to be helpful for your journey? Well, yeah, it was it was like talking to people who I'm not necessarily going to name names, but talking to people who who go to church um, and still kind of felt the same that I did. And it was so helpful to see like, oh, my gosh, I'm not the only one like I'm, you're feeling this too, this, and you're a friend of mine. Like this is, this is real. I'm not like, I'm not going to be ridiculed for this because I found my group of people that, that will accept me within, uh, Christianity and the church. So it, it was definitely like, yeah, having conversations with, with people that thought the same as me. Um, and whether that was going on hikes, you know, or sitting at Starbucks or, you know, or just sitting on, sitting on my porch, you know, with a nice hot chocolate in the winter and, or a lemonade in the summer. I don't know, but yeah, definitely having conversations and doing activities while also, you know, digging deep and having really nice conversations about, about mental health and uh, re- uh, relationships with God. No, it's so cool that that could happen because on the one hand, you're saying, listen, I had to kind of detach from community for a season mm. out of, you know, even the potential risk that community would reinforce adverse messages. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, it was your engagement with even certain pockets of community that could reinforce that you're not alone and you're not the only one carrying these kinds of struggles. And, you know, I think for all of us, there is a little bit of a love-hate risk with community where community can be our worst enemy and yet community is often the 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 key to kind of unlocking and 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 promoting healing and so it's it's just great to hear that that was an effective experience for you you were able to detach mm-hmm. what you needed to detach but stay connected uh in a way that was helpful for you so that's mm-hmm. that's really great um, Sebastian, as we wrap up, I'm just wondering, you know, now that things are moving, not in a concluded way, but s- certainly in a more positive direction, what would you say if someone's listening and they're still deep in the struggles of the pandemic and they don't know where to turn? 
you know, I, I'd probably say to like, it's going to sound corny, but don't, don't be too hard on yourself. Cause you know, that's honestly, you're, you're kind of like your worst enemy in the sense when it comes to mental health, you, you, I blew things out of proportion and, and you know, I know I, I have friends that also did the same as me or I've, and I have friends that didn't. So it's really, it's really just take your time, sit down, time for yourself, do, do something that you like and use it as your own little mini therapy session in a sense. Use, use that to just chill and be like, okay, what's happening? Let me talk to yourself about, about your stress, your anxiety, depression, whatever you deal with, because everybody's different. And so I, and I found that, especially over the pandemic, that when, when I talk about my mental health, I, it's hard to find the balance of saying all these things about me and how, how sucky my life has been or how, how, um, I've changed or whatnot, but I'm, it's, it's hard to, it's how it's hard to, um, not invalidate somebody else like you feel like yeah. it's sometimes it'll feel like i'm i'm saying oh i'm i've got it the worst but you know i know people that that have lost many family members over over the the pandemic and i i was fortunate to not lose any yeah. and so i can see that there's a bright side for 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 me too so don't lose the bright side and just don't be so hard on yourself yeah. and what would you say you've learned that you could share about how a person can actually experience Jesus during dark times in their lives, not just the pandemic. Mm. I, I'd, I'd say, I'd say that for me, I've learned that that it's okay for my Christianity and my faith to be flexible. I think that that's the biggest struggle of because you know I went to church um, for so long. And it was just a thing. You go to church every Sunday and you learn about God, whatever you learn, that's what, that's what you have. You have to apply it. And for me over the pandemic, I've grown to be more flexible with that and know what I, I believe to be true within how I internalize, um, the sermons that I hear. And so I think, I think flexibility is okay. And I think, I think that, I think the best way to learn is to completely jump out of that box that you so safely apply yourself in, um, when, when it's hard. So if you jump out of that box and it's, it, it might hurt, it might make you might, might feel worse, but it, it's, it's, it's a push that might, that that's worth it in the end to find out who you are and and what you believe in regards to uh, your faith. Yeah, that first time that you break the mold teaches you, you mm-hmm. know what, there's value in breaking future molds. Yeah. And I'm wondering for you, like, would you say that that more than anything has been the experience through the pandemic that has prepared you now for future seasons of challenge? Um, could you repeat that for me? I'm just wondering whether that's the the biggest lesson you'll take into now future seasons of challenge or mm-hmm. how 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 is this what what's this taught you the most that that you're going to carry with you the next time you have difficult times. Mm. Well, 
as I will be leaving for college um, in September, I think I think of I can already probably predict all the all the hard hardships I'll be going through, you know, um, you know, missing missing friends, family or, you know, struggling to eat healthy 100 percent of the time because the easiest thing is getting fast food or, you know, hard, hard schoolwork to do, you know, missing out on time and. I think, I think knowing that I'm going to, I'm going to deal with that is such a plus for me because I will be, I'll be incorporating the stuff that I've learned, whether it was in counseling or just with it, within myself to, to know how to deal with it before it happens and letting it happen, but not, so not preventing it, letting it happen, but also knowing what to do when it does eventually happen because preventing preventing stuff in in the case of mental health at least with it within my experience is just like bottling something up and then eventually it'll come back out and it'll come back worse because you've are because you've also bottled one other thing and another thing on top of that on top of that on top of that and so i think i think you just gotta let it happen and then know how to deal with it before it happens so that's just kind of like the lessons that i'm going to bring into my next chapter that's fantastic. Listen, on behalf of uh, your church family, uh, I know that we'll see you week in and week out, but uh, all the best next year with this new adventure. That's super exciting. Thank you. And uh, really appreciate you sitting down and sharing some of your story with us. That was uh, that was really great. And for all of you uh, church members and leaders from beyond that are uh, listening and tracking with us, uh, appreciate you being here. And we'll see you in seven days time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. 